Welcome back to another episode of Mental Wellness Mondays, where we discuss um, topics and issues that are pertinent to improving your mental wellness Mondays. And today we're joined by Dr. Nyarai and, of course, Dr. Nell. And since this is the last episode um, of the year, we thought we'd have them on. Just have a recap, just to discuss what we've learned, you know, some highlights, what, we, what we've taken from the year, and basically what, what we can do to try and improve Dan as a person. Because, you know, Lord knows there's so much work that needs to be done. But, but, Speaking but before, of improving people, yes, uh, Phil, just just mm. last live episode. Of mm. the year. Just okay. let's just let's just clarify. We don't want our listeners ah. to think that we're not going to be giving them content. Are we? There no. will be content. What, 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 there'll be something. You, you know, there'll okay. be something. Okay. Maybe you oh, know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Dr. Olga and I can take over. We're actually okay with that. That is actually that, that absolutely. Is actually fine. We'll keep the listeners company. We'll, we'll put that you in contact with our editor and you guys can have fun with him. Please <laughs> yes. enjoy, enjoy working with, uh, with our, our new <laughs> sound editor. It's going to be lovely. You'll enjoy it. I mean, okay. <laughs> Phil, have you ever seen, you're going to see two doctors quit all work to do with mental health immediately. I'm going into modeling and only fans. I, that's only. I'm gonna be a Jameson <laughs> Exactly. You know, Dad, so when you intro- when you interrupted me, I thought you were gonna give me a smooth segue. Well, speaking of helping people, let's thank our sponsor. <laughs> but no, yeah. So I was, I was about to, I was about to say that now. Okay. Well, so yes. we do want to thank our sponsor um, of uh, the mental health mental mental wellness Mondays podcast. Mm. I want to say thank you very much to Bon V Medical Aid Scheme. Bon V are partners that have really shown their commitment to mental wellness and mental health in the country. Not only do they care about your physical health, but they care about your mental health as well. If you want to find out more, we've created a landing page for you on twobroketwimbles.com forward slash Bon V. That's B-O-N-V-I-E, French for good life. And you can find out more information about a plan that could work for you or one of your loved ones. If you want to find out more about their, uh, them on their social media, you can go to facebook.com forward slash Bon V Medical Aid Scheme or twitter.com forward slash Bon V Medical. Or if you'd like to get in touch the old school way, you can contact Varaizo on 0787-060-037. Mm. Thank you once again to Bon V for um, supporting Mental Wellness Mondays. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Uh, so I think f- first things first, guys. Um, traumatic news um, in the, the week. And we just want to get your feedback. How did you feel when Drake backed out of the Grammys? I mean, how much of a mental blow was that? And how are you coping? <laughs> Do you know, Phil, this is a serious podcast. This is the serious one. The other one is the one where we make jokes. This one is the serious one. <laughs> <laughs> we're so focused on helping people we didn't realize that mm, i mean, you I know, mean if you if, if you want to discuss drake we gotta get together the light skin brigade mm-hmm. and then we can say in fact let's call him <laughs> so thank you very much you know what uh as you know as we tell you many times you know you, you two are our favorite um doctors our favorite mental health practitioners our favorite uh, personalities to bring onto this particular podcast. And we thought, what better way to end the year than speaking with our two favorites, um, a recap of the year, a recap of the lessons learned, and uh, just to just to prepare ourselves for continuing our mental wellness, mental health journey in 2022. So thank you very much for joining us. Um, I would love to hear 
um, perhaps from your own individual and unique perspectives after having dealt with so many people and their um, and their their own mental health journeys, what would you say was the biggest issue that we had in 2021? And I feel like the answer is going to be obvious, but anyway, the biggest thing people were dealing with in 2021. Could we start with Dr. Nyarai? Oh, I thought you were going to say Dr. Olga. <laughs> um, anxiety and depression, and then those lead to insomnia. So, you know, um, sleep issues cause mental health concerns. But yeah, for me, it's quite a bit of anxiety and um, depression. I agree. I couldn't agree more. Anxiety and depression and how those then spill over into things like couples relationships. Yes. For teens, school children, achievement, challenges with online or remote learning. But yeah, all starts with anxiety and depression. Yeah. But what I think is really good. Um, that has come out of um, our COVID world is I think that some of the stigma about mental health has dissipated. I think Mm -hmm. people are not afraid to look for help, ask for help, come forward and acknowledge that they have a problem. And also, which is fantastic, is the fact that the importance of a healthy mind, not just a healthy body, um, and how important mental well-being has really come to the fore. So I think that's a positive. I, I totally agree with you. I think that's been one of the gifts of COVID. And I think many times we, we're always talking about the things that have changed and the challenges of, of this pandemic. But that's been a, a beautiful gift for us to really realize the importance of our, our mental well-being. Mm. Did you uh, notice, Phil? I'm, I'm going to take their first answers, by the way. So, uh, just in case you were wondering, your first answer, Doctor Nuraya, was insomnia, and Doctor yes. Nell, your first answer was couples. And really, we have to fight the the pandemic of couples. That's the real <laughs> pandemic we're facing, mm, especially on Instagram. It's it's we've That's had enough. It's, We've had, we've it's had enough, enough, guys. We get it. We get it. You got engaged and you found happiness during the pandemic. Wait, we wait, wait. Also, you. isn't the pot calling the kettle black? And you I got engaged and we didn't you. know? <laughs> no, 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 no. Congratulations. No, no. Oh, Congratulations. <laughs> but we've had some very interesting questions regarding couples and relationships during yes. the year. Could we just rewind? Um... <laughs> Hey, Auntie Vanessa, I haven't gotten engaged yet. Um, this well, is not awkward. to your daughter, uh, at least. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so anyway, thank you for listening to this podcast. Sorry, my girlfriend's mother listens to our podcast, so I'm just... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're playing damage control right now? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, an eye thing. on you, or rather, an Sorry. ear. Doctor Nell, yes. So you were saying, you were saying, um, um, relationship. Yeah, I was issues. just saying that we've had some very interesting questions during the year regarding um, challenges yeah. that couples have been experiencing. I think we've had couples' questions, almost, or relationship questions, almost at every. Episode. Mm-hmm. That's true. 
or at least frequently. Yeah. Yeah, but but to be fair, I feel like those would have come in whether there was a pandemic or not. For you sure. Know, as, as as we've said, couples really are the greatest concern. Um, but the anxiety and depression that have um, emerged or the increase in anxiety and depression certainly have spilt outwards into relationships. Absolutely. And, and I think the time that people were quarantined, locked down, um, they really had to take time to um, review and examine their relationship. So the things that kind of annoyed you about your partner were exemplified, you know, because this person was around more often. The person wasn't going to the bar, going out, going out to for sports and stuff. They were home. And so then it magnifies all these these things that kind of irk you about someone. So straining the relationship or relationships, because it wasn't just intimate relationships that kind of had some strains. It's also siblings, you know, parent, child, um, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And the extended family that lived li- living with, with you. Mm. Yeah. Podcast co-hosts. Yeah. It's been, it's been tough all around really. Yeah. So I have some figures in front of me that I can share. I know they are American figures. This is from the American Psychological Association magazine. So this is the November, December issue for this year. And they say that these are U.S. figures, but I think they're pretty global. So from April 2020 and August 2021, um, Anxiety has gone from 7.4% to 8.6% in adults and depression from 5.9% to 7.5%. So I think those are fairly scary figures and I think we don't have as accurate figures as they do, but we are definitely in in the mental health field we're seeing an increase. Mm-hmm. Whether it's just because people are coming forward more, that would be a good thing. Hmm. So with with us being at the end of a year and getting into the new year, probably many people would like to, I don't know, maybe come up with resolutions or some way that they can go into 2022 and perhaps deal with um, their relationship issues or the strain that uh, their mental health is giving, putting on their relationship or vice versa, that the relationship is putting on their mental health. Any suggestions that you've you've given out quite commonly this uh, this year? I've been saying to a lot of the patients I see, don't wait until the first of January for your resolutions. Use this time leading up to prepare for it. So reset, realign, restart. Use this time so that you are ready for the new year. Otherwise, you waste quite a considerable amount of time. You know, we keep doing this. Uh, first of the year, okay, first of the year, we recover from New Year's Eve, right? But then on the sort of second or the third, we start thinking about the year ahead and still evaluation, e- evaluating the past year. So why not put some things in place now? We've still got three weeks. Use them wisely. Be ready this time, ready to take off. Mm. So I think w- within that you touched on something that's very pertinent is a lot of people don't know 
how to assess the year that's gone by um, vis-a-vis their goals. Or some people just struggle with goal setting. Um, and it's conversations that I even have with clients where their goals are extremely vague um, and they, they really can't be measured. And I think one thing that I've learned in my mental health journey is if it's not a specific goal and and you can't really track how far you are along with it, it can lead to to issues because it's either you're never achieving it or you're never really satisfied because you can't quantify what you've been working towards. Um, as mental health professionals, what advice would you give to anyone out there who wants to start setting their 2022 goals during this three-week window? So the way I do it, I usually say initially set set intentions because I think the whole idea of setting goals might be a little bit overwhelming. And like you're saying, some people just don't have the muscle or don't know how to, to create the, the goal. So what are your intentions for the new year? What, you know, who do you want to be in 2022? Prosperous, happy. Um, so what are these, these qualities of things that you emulate or like in other people that you want to see in your life? And if you just kind of have these words that talk about your intentions, you know, um, if you're a person who's always late to be on time for my meetings and stuff like that, or um, uh, to, to, to work on my forgiveness. So if you work on intentions first and then from there create the goals, I think it works. Um, that's what has worked for me is, is setting mm. those intentions first of all before mm-hmm. then setting the goals. Okay. So I don't know, Dr. Olga, if you have some suggestions. Absolutely. I like to also start with values mm-hmm. because you need to clarify what is important to you because if you're working towards something that is important to you, um, then it's so much easier to carry it through. And also, if you work consistently with your values, um, you feel much better, much more motivated, much more incentivized to do that. So I would invite our listeners to really sit down and clarify their values. What is important to you? And perhaps also to look at what didn't serve you in the past year. Mm-hmm. So in the Jewish faith, in the first few days of the year, they begin the year with a ceremony called, I hope I pronounce it correctly and I apologize if I don't, um, Tashlish, which means it's literally letting go of what does not serve you so that you go into the new year unburdened um, by those things. So I often do with my patients an exercise called Leaves on a Stream where you can do a visualization and actually put those things on a leaf and float it away from you. I actually do something similar. It's called burning bowl ceremony. Um, and so what you do with that is you write all the things that um, you weren't happy with in the past year or things that you want to um, let go of. And so you write this whole list and then you can either burn it um, or you can put it in water. And then what you do after that is write what you want to replace that with. And so that letter that you write to yourself or to God or the universe 
is the things that you want to bring into your into your life in the new year. And you can put that in your favorite book or your drawer, underwear drawer or whatever. And then halfway in the year or whenever you feel moved to is to look at that list and see how far you've achieved the things that you want. But yeah, for me, the burning bowl ceremony is something that I've done for many years. Um, I think it's a powerful uh, symbolic way of kind of letting go of the things that um, you want to give up. <laughs> and you know, it's, it's wonderfully liberating. You know, you really do mm-hmm. feel lighter. It's a bit like when you declutter at home. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. really, it's hard work, but it's a great feeling when it's done to start uncluttered. Mm-hmm. Clean. Mm-hmm. Ready. I've, been seeing, I've been seeing a lot of adverts of mobile games and stuff that the whole objective is just to clean things up. That's the whole game. Mm. There's no explosions. There's no chases or racing. It's just clean things up. Mm. So, so you're adding another icon to your home screen and taking up <laughs> space on your phone mm. so that you can open that app and clean Start cleaning. things. While yeah. the dust accumulates on your headboard. So, exactly. Am I understanding that that's, correctly? That's exactly it. You, you know what? I think something else that we had a lot of this year, which um, was to be expected, but I think I was also quite surprised in the direction that the conversation went, was discussions about grief. Mm. And we spoke about how many people, uh, first of all, were feeling grief at the loved ones that of theirs that had died because of the COVID pandemic and whatever else could have happened uh, during the year. Um, but also grief for other things, grief for opportunities, grief for friendships, grief for all kinds of things that many people were going through. Um, would love to hear some of the advice that you've shared this year with some of your different clients and, and general advice that you could give for people still dealing with grief at the end of 2021. I think very much so people are still dealing with it and especially with these this latest wave of restrictions. I think there's so much, you know, people who were looking forward to seeing their loved ones, their families, and um, yeah, a lot of people's plans have gone up in smoke again. Mm-hmm. Um, so apart from like you were saying, you know, Danny, it wasn't just – Um, grieving in the traditional sense, but just a sense of loss, loss of so much, loss of connection, loss of support, um, Mm. loss of time spent together. And that is really hard. And I, I always say we should try and be gentle with ourselves. I think we often forget. I always say, you know, love, kindness, respect, and, you need to do that for yourself too, because if a friend came to you expressing their feelings of grief, um, you would be understanding and kind and gentle with them. You wouldn't tell them to pull themselves back together. So be gentle and take your time. Except if you allow dead. yourself to grieve. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think that that you actually touched on what my next point was going to be. Is like just how, what advice you could give to people on how to grieve um, or how how best to deal with loss. Um, especially, I think practically, like like you said, um, taking the time out. 
But as we found, especially in the pandemic, work-life balance has become a real issue. People are are now, instead of working eight-hour days, they're now working 12-hour days because the time that they normally would have spent commuting or getting their morning routine in, they're immediately at at their desks. Um, Mm -hmm. Practically, what advice could you give to someone who's struggling to find that time for themselves? Or even, for example, someone with kids. Um, if you're now spending all day with your children, even the bathroom isn't a safe haven anymore because the kids <laughs> want to see mommy or daddy. Um, how do people in those circumstances make time for themselves? Yeah. I, I want to say there's been significant loss. You know, we talked about um, just not loss of loved ones, but also loss of jobs, right? So a lot of people have lost their work and opportunities to do different things. Um, I think it's important to acknowledge that you're grieving. I think many times um, we tend to push that away and, and and distract ourselves either with social media or whatever it is that we decide that, okay, this is too painful for me to address. But the thing about grief is it's going to show up at some point in some mm-hmm. other way, whether it's an addiction that you end up having because you're trying to numb yourself or um, you, you know, start to distance yourselves from the things that you enjoy doing and the people that you love. So, you know, can you send your kids to their grandparents if you have, if you're able to do that, to give yourself a day or a weekend to kind of work through your emotions? Um, you know, or can your friend or can you find a babysitter um, to watch your kids while you you take a ride and think through your experiences and your sorrow. And if you need to cry, because sometimes I, I hear from parents who's like, I don't want to cry in front of my kids because I need to be the strong person. So, you know, can you allow yourself some time to kind of work through that? You know, if you, if you're not a crier, maybe you want to journal sometimes watching a, a tea jerker movie, uh tear jerker leads you to kind of cry. Um, so you could do that. Um, I'm a firm believer in meditation. Um, you know, I had, I remember when I was grieving my mother and everybody gives you a timeline when you should stop grieving and we all grieve differently. So, um, I, I just like bawled and cried for three days continuously and everybody thought I was crazy, but that's what I needed to do. Um, but I think allowing each other the space to grieve. So if it's not you grieving and you, your partner or somebody in your household is grieving, give them the space for that mm. um, and seek professional help if, you, if, if need be. Mm. Absolutely. And, you know, it's not a bad thing. In fact, I think it's a very good thing sometime to include children and let mm. them understand what grieving and loss is. No matter how young they are, they do understand and to have little ceremonies that are age appropriate mm-hmm. at, and that they can understand, you know, um, perhaps a little memory box or a photo album or something and say to the children that it's absolutely normal and, you know, let them understand that it's one of the mental health care things that we can do is allow ourselves proper grieving. So the younger they learn it, the better it is for them too. That's true. And a simple thing people could do if it's, if it's regarding someone they love is to light a candle. Um, I, you know, um, we do that in our household for 
you know, people who've passed on on their birthday or we are thinking about them and we just, we just light a candle in their honor for that day. So that's just a simple way of saying today we're lighting a candle for Aunt Maggie um, and then share stories about her. Um, and I think it just, it, it, it brings that person alive, you know, and it, and it and enables everyone to share their, how this person impacted them. Mm. How have you guys addressed grief in your lives? Um, <laughs> violence, particularly, has been very helpful. You know, alcohol. <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, drugs. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I think a lot of the, the the tactics that you guys have outlined are things that I've taken into account. So journaling, uh, meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a lot of the techniques that I, I picked up um, during cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, and then I think even like writing letters, if if it's someone that's passed away, like in the stuff that wasn't said, just writing a letter to them or or just um, saying goodbye in that way, or fo- focusing on the, on the good memories and focusing on the... So there's, there's a new te- technique that I, I came across with and there's a new study about it where if you show gratitude for people showing gratitude to you as opposed to like being showing gratitude for the universe, but actually recalling a time when, sh- when someone showed you gratitude for what you'd done for them, it actually helps. Um, so things, things like that. Um, and then trying to get back into more, a more healthier rhythm of exercise. So like every morning I try to do like a 90 minute walk and that's been really helpful as well. Cause it allows me to clear my head, process thoughts. Um, you know, switching off my phone at 10 PM, except when we're recording the podcast so that I'm, I'm less <laughs> distracted because you start noticing these things like when your brain always wants to be distracted and when you stop distracting your brain, it starts having to process feelings and you have to sit in, in certain emotions and certain feelings. And yeah. it might be uncomfortable in the beginning, but the longer you sit in them, the easier it gets because you now understand and you can, you can now start asking yourself Socratic questions like, okay, I feel bad. Why do I feel bad? Oh, I feel bad because this happened. Oh, like, oh, I want ice cream. Why do I want ice cream? Oh, it's because I'm depressed. Why am I depressed? Because of this. Okay. So how can I fix that without having to turn to ice cream? That type of thing. So it's things like that that I found really helpful. Um, and also like practicing mindful eating, which also goes into the, the fasting thing. Cause you start, when you fast, you start realizing just how much you eat for the sake of eating. So you won't even be hungry and you're like, I feel like eating. And like, why do you feel like eating? You're not even hungry. <laughs> and then you start examining your relationship with food and so forth. So stuff like that. But hey, this is so much work, you know, so, so, so much work. It's tiring. It is. It is very tiring. Uh, I think. Just, sorry, go ahead, Dr. Nero. I was going to say, just bite a little bit at a time, you know, just mm. just do a little bit. And then in the end, it becomes a habit. And then, you you know, you meditate five minutes. Now you could be an hour. You know, every ah, night yeah, night. dog, I don't know. This hour thing of yours, ah, you know what? I've tried, dog. Uh-uh. Mm. I can I'm do afraid like, I'm wistful on that one. There's you know, no way I could mm-hmm. meditate for an hour. I don't even think it's practical. Like weaklings. Like, I do. I, I can do like I can do I, I can do 25, 30 minutes, like if I really wanna That's good. I, I'm then, happy with that. But then like That's my leg my, my leg goes to sleep and then I have to go pee <laughs> and then something's itching. Like I don't see how an hour is possible. Like ah doggy. There's something that you're not there's some cheat code or some lie. Uh uh-uh. uh an hour. 
hour. When I got, ah, dog. I don't care how yeah. comfortable that cushion is. It's not an hour. Uh-uh. Yes, but I don't do an hour every day because sometimes I oversleep or I'm on my walk, but I do do an hour at least mm. three times a week. That's so impressive. I, but I had to work up to that. Uh, Doc is taking naps and telling her she's meditating. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you dream, <laughs> that's the same, right? <laughs> I find I that starting with short meditations, especially the guided ones where you're actually mm-hmm. listening to somebody speak right through that time, I find that much, much easier to do than trying to create silence. Um, mm-hmm. Perhaps I'm just, it's no, just I think me, that's, but I just do mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, yeah, I like that too as well. Or you have some music in the background, you know. Mm. See, that's Something that's where you you're cheating. Like, we caught you. You're not meditating. You're listening to music. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, mm-hmm. but I'm listening to meditative music. Mm-hmm. So guided. Mino, she's got music. Adele's album on in the background. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> something, something that um, I think many of us take for granted, and I think because um, because we've spoken so much about. Uh, about mental health and mental wellness, it seems like the most obvious is step one, talk to someone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for for most people, they don't have anyone to talk to. They don't have mm. their friends. Uh, they're going to talk about the game and stuff. And how's your life? No, nah, it's fine. You know, whatever. Um, even, even family members that you don't really have, many people don't really have that kind of relationship where they can really talk about how they feel or what's going on. Everything is always very surface. Everything is very light. So even just that first step of having someone to just talk to, and maybe I don't necessarily mean sit down and bawl your eyes out, or what, but just to say, this is what happened. This is, I feel this, or I feel that, or I'm upset. Just that very first step is pretty elusive for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, mm. And I think since we've started having these conversations, that's one thing that's very apparent that I seem to notice a lot of times whenever I'm in conversations with people, um, you know, they, they, they're they very apologetic about, you know, talking about their problems or their feelings or their thoughts. It's always like, even if it's a simple conversation about how are things going or how have you dealt with ABC or whatever the case is, oh, you know, it's okay. I mean, it's been hard, but you know, it's okay. And you sort of realize that that's the default. They don't have someone that they can have that kind of conversation with. Mm. I think the beautiful thing that's happened um, over the past year and a half is that um, we have, uh, you know, an increase of, say, um, uh, support groups like Friendship Bench, where you can call anonymously. I think UZ also had a chatbot that had um, students, you know, you can talk to. Um, There are places like Creative Zim and also Wired to Love and Thrive, plus uh, there are a bunch of them, these mental health, um, I always forget where PIDA works. So there are all these different groups that have popped up to kind of provide spaces for people to um, to chat, most of them on WhatsApp, um, but there's also um, online um, therapies. So, you know, if somebody has access to be able to just talk to somebody different, um, yeah, because sometimes your your inner circle doesn't understand what you're going through. And mm-hmm. so you need somebody externally. Um, yeah. I recently met a, a young girl. Um, she's 18 and she was saying she was having um, 
The father doesn't understand why she needs, she asks for um, counseling. And he's like, my dad doesn't really understand, but I realized I needed that. And for her, she found somebody in France that she could just chat with. And she did that for six months. And from there, she got all the tools in order for her to be emotionally um, stronger. So, um, you know, if, if people have access to um, groups online, um, those are available. And then sometimes it's the person you least expect to be there for you. Mm. That's Absolutely. right. Absolutely. And I think therapy can has many faces. It can take yes. many forms. It very much yeah. has to be an individual process. And for some people, it's exactly what Dr. Nirai was saying. It's just someone to talk to. I have a number of patients who just say, you know, we just like to just put those things out there and often just saying things out loud and hearing yourself say these things to a third party who's not um, involved or, you know, in the actual situation can very much change your perspective and very much open up um, ways of dealing with it that you had not considered before. Mm. Definitely. I was also going to add to that. Um, I think one of the biggest issues that I've come across is people don't know how to listen. Um, like a, a lot of people listen to mm. respond where, uh, and it's something that I had to learn, you know, um, like I had a partner who, who schooled me because I'm always in problem solving mode. So she'd come and divulge, Oh, I'm having this problem and I'm ready to, okay, so you need to do this, this and this. And she'd be like, I never asked you to solve the problem. I just asked you to listen to the problem. So I, I had to learn. Sometimes it's best to ask and say, okay, you've now expressed this problem or this issue or whatever you're dealing with. How can I support you? How can I help you? And a lot of people don't know how to do that. Obviously, a lot of people mm. give bad advice, <laughs> which is a separate discussion for another time. But I also think because we live in a very... um judgmental society obviously i don't want to paint with a with a broad brush and and provide anecdotal information but i think any anyone can or everyone can point to an example where they felt judged or they felt that i can't say this to someone who knows me because that's going to change their perception of me um even though humans are humans like everyone is going to make a mistake somewhere along the line and it's very difficult for people to confide in people that they know which is sometimes why therapy is helpful because you're approaching a professional who's non-judgmental, who can give you that unbiased advice. Um, and I, I found that very helpful when I started therapy. It's just like speaking to someone who you don't know from above soap, who you know is just there, who's trained to listen and dissect the issue is helpful because you don't have to worry about them gossiping at the digital. Like, you know what Philip was doing last week? You know what Philip was doing? <laughs> No, it's true. true. I think that's why confidentiality in the therapy room is so crucial. It's so important. It's mm. got Any to be there care. to create, it's, yes, yeah. to create a safe space. You cannot yeah. without that knowledge. Definitely, definitely. You can also, you can also ask uh, a friend or sibling. Um, I've done that with my sister. So we made a pact that I, if I'm having a stress, I can just vent and I don't want my sister to give me an answer just yet. I just want to be able, because my sister was like you, Phil. She's, you know, she's the pragmatic person who 
wants to solve the, you know, the question and let's do this and whatever. And I had to say, no, I just really need to just be emotional and say what I'm feeling. And then once I've unpacked it, then if I need to come back to solve it, then will you still be the vessel for me for that? Mm. And you just make some sort of pact for that. Yeah, And I think people want to help with the best of intentions. I think that's yes. why they dish out advice is what we forget and we all do it is that each person is unique and what maybe something worked brilliantly for me may not work for you, Phil, um, mm. or for Danny or for Dr. Nirai. So, you know, the well-meaning advice is coming from a place of our own subjective experience and we have to be cautious with it. Plus, talking about how we feel actually helps us to put a label and truly unpack those feelings because there's what I call blanket emotions, which are those big emotions. But if you peel them back, there's so much other stuff under there and other emotions connected to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I actually, I, I'd agree. Very weirdly enough, just the other day, I've, I've got a friend, um, and she often comes to me, um, cause, she, cause she, she's in the dating scene. And, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you, if you ladies are familiar, but the dating scene these days is the pits. You know, it, it really is the pits. Um, and, yes. and she'd come to me and she'd be like, Hey, Phil, this guy hasn't texted me in three days. Am I being unreasonable by expecting him to text me? <laughs> and yeah. stuff like that. But my advice to her was, granted, I was taking my own experience. I was like, um, what I call, what I've learned to call, call a, a relationship user manual is write down what you expect, what you want, um, list your flaws so that you have an understanding of your flaws and list where you want to go in your life, in your relationships. And I was telling her just by that exercise of writing everything down, you'll start realizing that things you assumed you wanted or things you thought you knew about yourselves may not actually be the case because you now you're reading it back to yourself and you're like, oh. And ultimately, it also gives you, um, going back to goal setting, it gives you hard goals to look at so that you know you don't have to come to me and ask me, hey, Phil, this person isn't communicating. Am I being unreasonable? You don't have to ask me because it's there. You've said I require communication. <clears throat> There's no need for you to ask a third party because you know that your needs aren't being met. So I think that's also very important. Oh, why is dating so hard? So to be honest, every era has had some kind of issues. When I okay, okay. Agreed, Do- agreed. Uh, agreed, Dr. Exactly, exactly, Dr. Nirai. At, at, le- <laughs> at least it was a, a pertinent topic. Can you imagine if that had been some other WhatsApp forward? <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted... <laughs> I was trying to get the name of this book. It talks about relationships. And one of the things that I found interesting in this podcast, it was talking about... You know, dating years ago was very different. We had very limited options, right? So you dated your neighbor or, you know, um, nowadays with all these apps, you can date anyone anywhere in the world. So we have so many different options. And then we have people living their best lives on social media. So we we have this um, distorted view of what relationships should be. Mm-hmm, definitely right and so that can also create some challenges so now you've got these expectations which are mostly unreachable for some people um and then those are what you're you're wanting but i wanted to get the name of the book i'm sorry about that no, that's, you know, fine. But that's that's such a valid you know i mean 
so I open my Instagram, I see ASAP Rocky is dating Rihanna, and then I'm like, you know what? That's what I need. I need to find yeah. a billionaire. Mm. And then, and then you know, it, when I only get a hundred millionaire, I am disappointed. And her mother, that's, her mother is listening to this podcast. This right, her mother is listening to this podcast. No, no, this is this is a <laughs> hypothetical situation, Philip. Mm. Yes. Oh, oh, and so you know, now, now just, you're imagining dating another uh, woman while her while her mother's listening. Oh, okay. Okay. But guys, you know, this is where we go back to values because if yes. you clarify your values, if you're clear about what is important mm-hmm. to you, what your values are, and you also apply those to your dating scene. So mm-hmm. if you date consistently with your values, um, you will find things a lot easier because if something is something that you cannot live with well then you know no matter how much you try it's not going to work out and it really simplifies dating as well as pretty much every other aspect of your life so like you say Phil sit down write things down and really work out like your top five values it's not quite as easy as you think when you suddenly have a whole um, array buffet of choices of what is truly important to you to whittle it down to a few mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and yeah I, th- I think we, we could we could even go into like a deeper conversation about societally how how marriage and dating has changed um because now women have these things called rights and jobs <laughs> which has completely changed the dynamic of dating and marriage i'm, I'm saying it tongue-in-cheek but it's very true like for, 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 for a large part of human history women were treated as property during marriage and now they don't have to be treated as property which is a completely new dynamic that modern men and even women are struggling to, to navigate because if you were taught all your life that your value your intrinsic value is dependent on marriage, for example, but you have achieved everything else and you have all this, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Accolades. Accolades. Um, you're, you're self, self-fulfilled. I think that's the word I'm looking for. Um, you start questioning, wait a minute, why do I need marriage when I am self-fulfilled? And on vi- vice versa, um, you have now, now have men who. It's for tax reasons, Philip. Yeah. It's all for tax reasons. Yeah. yeah, you have men who can't wield their financial power over women anymore, and women are now like, "No, I'll leave." And it, it's always a, a weird dynamic because, like, you see these conversations on social media where people are like, "You know, my grandparents were together for seventy years, and my grandmother never left." I'm like, "Yeah, partly because legally she couldn't leave." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Well, I hear from quite a few young women that they do not like the Lobola custom anymore because they feel that some men, once they've paid Lobola, they view them Mm -hmm. as their possessions Mm. and they find that very disempowering and it's causing problems in relationships. Abolish Lobola now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're going 50-50 on the wedding. Parents will smack you for here for saying that. So. <laughs> but why? Why are parent? Why are parents looking at their child as some sort of cash cow? Okay, that is Absolutely. that is the seat of your loins. You should love and respect mm. her. Mm, come on, my brothers and sisters, we need to do better by our sisters. Mm-mm. I'm trying to get forty crates of maramba biscuits, Philip. Stop <laughs> trying to. 
Oh, oh. She's, no, she's listening to the podcast. She's going to remember this. Like, oh, Dan. So I understand you really are for Lebola. You know, Dan, and I want to respect your cultural values. So let's do These it. These are hypothetical <laughs> conversations, Philip. Stop trying to circle everything back to real life situations. Have I opened up a Pandora's box here? I hope so. I think so, Dr. Olga. I, I, I want the holiday dinners to be as awkward as possible. <laughs> There's something we should just chat about because the holidays gets really stressful for people. For it's some so people. stressful. Wow. Yes. Really? I think you, you touched on something. So, especially as Zimbabweans, the majority of our listeners being Zimbabweans and even just Africans in general, um, we were thrown a very big curveball last week where people were planning on coming home probably for the first time in maybe two years. And, yeah. mm-hmm. and those plans were completely torpedoed. So, we've got a whole group of individuals and some listeners that have actually um, confided in us. That they have no family where they are. They, they have very few friends. They were trying to come home to spend time with the people that they love and miss. And now they have to spend another winter, especially if they're in the north, another cold and dreary winter all alone. And that, excuse me, is extremely mentally taxing. Um, mm-hmm. what tips or advice could we give to those people? who desperately need some sort of support system right now? Reach out, reach out, reach out. I mean, we were talking about social media. See who's near you, who you can get together with, people who share your origins, your culture. You know, I heard of a wonderful stories of some students who are um, studying in Ireland who are not coming home now and 20 of them have linked up and they're organizing um, their own celebrations there Mm. and of course being together virtually but I really like these young people that have managed to network and actually put it to really good use. Mm, That's a great idea. I think in, in America they call it Friendsgiving um, so maybe nice. something, maybe yeah. something like that. Um, uh, I I would invite y'all over, but yeah, you know, this coronavirus is moving. I don't, I, I'm not Omnicron. sure. <laughs> yeah, have have um, give back this year. Have a waifs and strays Christmas. Find out those whose children are yeah. not coming home, who are lonely, and get together. Mm. Just mm-hmm. hop in DMs, you know, and just hey. I heard you're not going to be able to make it home. Uh, by the way, just on this topic that Phil mentioned, um, I was casually listening to a Twitter space last week, and uh, this man came on looking for friends. And his reasoning was, I've lived in, I can't remember which country it was, for such and such years, and I've literally not heard a single person speak Shona and Debele for the past blah, blah, blah years. And that was really sitting on, like he, he was low key depressed about it because, um, he just felt so disconnected. He had friends, sure, friends in that country, but he just felt he wasn't connected to anyone from back home. And I, it made me think about how many people are in that situation, especially since they haven't been able to travel in the past two years, that literally just the, just the fact that they haven't interacted with someone who understands Zim life or African life or whatever the situation may be. Um, and I, I would imagine there's a lot of our listeners in that situation. You know, I have so many patients that I see remotely purely because they, I mean, they have plenty of choice of therapists in the countries, their, their diaspora locations, but they feel that 
non-Zimbabweans cannot understand yes. us, where we're coming from, our challenges, what becomes yep. our normal is just so inconceivable to them. But another thing that I would like to urge our listeners, especially the ones overseas, um, if you find yourself alone, you know, the, the best way to heal on the inside is to go outside. So give mm. back. If you're on your own, there's got to be some sort of project, some sort of soup kitchen, something out there where you can give of your time. Mm. I, I totally agree with you. And I'm, I, I'm remembering to when I first moved to the States and I didn't have family. Um, I, I went to a soup kitchen for Christmas. And from that um, experience, I, I met people. And so then we would have a Christmas dinner afterwards. But I also think sometimes we need to, we might know a student or we might know somebody um, who doesn't have a family. We need to open our homes for that. Um, and I had many opportunities where people invited me um, because they knew I was by myself. Um, so just, you know, there are different ways to get support. Um, but yeah, spending time outside. Um, if you're a religious person um, and maybe you aren't religious all the time, but Christmas is really a beautiful time to go to um, any type of religious um building you know for whatever it is whether you're doing for kwanzaa hanukkah um you know whatever whatever um belief system that you have you can just go in and celebrate mm, definitely the birthing of the new year you know i had a plan i think you're so right dr Mirai. sorry phil go ahead no no carry on carry on i'll i'll i'll, I'll, I'll it's not a pertinent thing i'll share it after you're done you know, when I was growing up in Italy, there was this very popular song and the message, don't ask me to sing it, by the way, I'll scare all our listeners <laughs> away, but it basically said, says, add another place to the table. Mm. Um, just welcome anyone and another person means more happiness, more joy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I was going to say we did have a plan last year and beginning of this year to have like an end of year party for an orphanage. But with COVID, it's, it's becoming more and more difficult. But I do think we're still going to proceed with at least doing a food drive um, with our listeners. So if you'd like to donate to that, please let me know or hit us up on pay, Patreon and PayPal and we'll let you know which orphanage we'll be funding. Um, but sadly, because of COVID and health restrictions, we... Like, I don't want to be the person that brings COVID into the orphanage. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I but think that's we do need Actually, that's something Wired, Wired to Love and Thrive was actually discussing because previously we had a party for our members, but I think the impact is, is greater when, we go, when you go to a, a, actually even a senior citizen's home or orphanage, either one of those, because those um, are communities that are often neglected. So, you know, to go and give them a, a good celebration would is so we're jumping on on, on that with you phil mm. okay let's do it Let, let's do it let's, let's do it do it definitely all right um i think another highlight that we really enjoyed this year was the letters that some of our listeners sent in and i think we'd love to encourage our listeners to keep on sending them through um if you want to send in an an, 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 an 
anonymous. Yo. If you'd like to send one of those things, um, submission to us, you can go to twobroketwimbles.com forward slash help. And on there, you'll find a submission form um, where, you know, you can do so anonymously. Um, you can even create a, a nickname for yourself if you like so that we don't uh, say your real name uh, and things like that. And, and we'd be happy to have those uh, read out on the podcast. So if you don't want us to read out on the podcast, you can just indicate that and we'll pass them on to uh, either uh, um, Dr. Nurai or Dr. Nell or any one of, our, of the professionals that we have access to because of this podcast and because of the Wired to Love and Thrive Network. I think that was that was very nice that people trusted us with some of their their yeah. their issues that they were dealing with. And some of them were really wonderful. deep. Some of them were really intense. You know, mm. remember some of them like really made you kind of pause for a minute. Mm-hmm. And so many of them are applicable to so many people. So if you bring up an issue, chances are so many others are struggling with the same thing. So we're opening a conversation. We are sharing solutions. We're finding what has worked for others. Mm-hmm. Very true. You're not yeah. alone. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, all right. I think that's pretty much it. I don't know, Phil, if you have anything else you wanted to add? Uh, no, I think ultimately I just want to thank our listeners first and foremost for um, being so welcoming and taking to this new format. This this is a show we started this year. Uh, thank you to Dr. Nyerai for trusting us. Thank you to Dr. Nell trusting us um it's it's been an, uh, an amazing experience i think when you, when we both started on this journey i'm sure you guys were very unsure and you're like who are these idiots with microphones i, I, don't, I don't know what we're doing here oh, oh, i'm not sure where this is i was going. so nervous <laughs> um but i think we we just from the the messages and emails we get um, a lot of the emails we're getting now are mainly just thank you messages or people who are asking to be referred to um, to therapists um, so it's not really pertinent for the show, but I really do appreciate the fact that it seems that people are taking their mental health seriously and we've given them a bit of a nudge towards doing that and giving them the tools that they need. Um, now that we finally are going on break, I will finally have the website with all the resources. I'm doing it over the break. And when we come back next year, we'll have a lot more to give a lot more information, a lot more resources, and hopefully we'll be able to help more people. So thank you guys so much. Um, we know that there's no way we could pay for this time um, um, that, that, that you give to us and you give to the listeners. Um, and it really is an incredible benefit to all of us because when we first started on this journey, there was no promise of revenue. There was no promise of advertising. We were just trying to help people. And you guys... Put your money where your mouth is. Very sometimes late night, sometimes running around during power cuts, and and especially the hours after the show, in between shows, when you guys are looking for guests, finding guests, booking them. Um, that effort is not missed on us, and it's certainly not missed by me. And I thank you guys so much for everything you've done. So, yeah, I really appreciate it, and that's what I'm grateful for this year. Wow. Yes, absolutely, thank you so much. Especially the part where Phil said we normally wouldn't be able to afford it, so. Thank you for also being out there to help people at no and for free, basically. Thank you so much, guys. We appreciate it so much. Uh, Thank you for having us and honestly giving us an opportunity to hopefully touch lives and make a difference. And thank you guys for doing that with each one of your podcasts, really. It's wonderful. And wishing all our listeners uh, a blessed and fantastic festive season. 
Mm. Be gentle, love, kind, respect. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. Only With the yourself, others, no, yes, and yes. the earth. Mm-hmm. We need more love. Yes, indeed. Thank we, you, guys. We wish everyone a wonderful Festivus and have a great um, showing with your feats of strength. That's a very what about Kwanzaa, wow. Philip? That's Kwanzaa. Then that's a deep <laughs> cut that you obviously do not get. <laughs> Doctor Nyerai gets it because she's hip. She's hip to the jab. She knows what I'm talking I, about. I, 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 I uh, yeah. <laughs> I was, I was just thinking, reflecting to our very first podcast and how nervous Doctor Olga and I were. But mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. we want to commend both of you for for taking a leap of faith. And, 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 and going forth and being so passionate and interested in all the different listeners and uh, questions and also the different guests and the way you were able to vibe with all the different um, approaches to mental wellness. So I really, really appreciate that mm-hmm. and um, keep up the great work and looking forward to an amazing 2020. Yay! Yes! Yay. Mm. We're going to get some Jameson. <laughs> sorry, sorry, wait, your connection's breaking. What is that? Sorry, I couldn't hear you. What? Weird. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Ah, uh, no, but Dan doesn't want to fail his COVID test. I was saying before Dan leaves, we could even have like a small little get together. But yeah, maybe we can still do that. Dan, when yeah, he was in here so today nice. sniffling, I was like, Dan yeah, in the corner and keep his mask on. <laughs> oh, oh no! Nyasha has been sniffling for for weeks. Then um, I've tried. I've told it's, her it's very concerning. It's very concerning. I was mm. like, Nyasha, are you ill? She's like, No, I'm fine. Oh, by the way, Nyasha, Nyasha is our shared maid. Um, yes, yes, yes. Ah, uh, yeah. And so, well, Nyasha's Nyasha's very much about her money, so she doesn't <laughs> like missing days, even on days where we're like, it's okay, you'll still get paid. Don't come to work. So there are times yeah. you lose your and go like, <coughs> <laughs> and she'll be like, "I'm fine." Uh, then I, I had to, Hesha. I had to, I had to pay her to go get vaccinated because she didn't want to get vaccinated, <laughs> and then I had to. It, it, oh gosh, oh. That's, that's, anyway, that's, that's another story for another it's, it's, time. Yeah, it's it's another. Actually, Phil, I think the streets are clamoring. We need to start our third podcast, <laughs> Tales About Nyasha. Just, <laughs> oh, when we start when, when we get to the chapter of men pitching up at the gate with bricks. Oh, that'll be a doozy. Oh, that'll be a doozy. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so, so the other caveat here is um, some might say Nyasha is a very attractive lady, you know. Um, obviously I think because we, we tend to look up, she's very well fed and that tends to attract a certain element. Um, and certain times she might not be fully honest with these guys about certain statuses. So th- there have been times where they've met at the gate and it has led to a little bit of, which is uh, hilarious to see. <laughs> Philip, you're very rude. Did you know that? <laughs> What did I say? You just call her wealth. Just call her well-fed. I, I am not trying to have HR. Oh, now I'm trying to be rude, disrespectful. I think. Yes. Anyway, I mean, Nyasha doesn't skip much. leg day. I think. Okay, that's that, is that a better way? Nyasha doesn't skip leg day. Okay, there we go. 
Thank you very much to uh, everyone who has, who has been with us this year. Uh, we'll try and get some highlights and so on coming through to you uh, until we until we reconvene in 2022. And thank you very much, Dr. Nry, Dr. Nell, and uh, uh, the whole family that listens to our Mental Wellness Mondays. Uh, it evolved from a podcast segment to its own podcast. Mm. Um, once again, we want to say thank you very much to our gracious sponsors, Bon V. Uh, medical aid. Remember, you can go check out twobroketumbles.com forward slash Bon V. If you're looking for a medical aid, check out Bon V. They've already shown their commitment to mental health and mental wellness. So perhaps that might be the one for you. Um, you can also check them out on social media, Bon V Medical or call Varaizo on 0787-060-037. And that's Mental Wellness Mondays for the week, the month, the year. Yay! Thank you so much. Wow. But stay tuned. There'll be more stuff. Stay tuned. Don't Don't unsubscribe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>